You can't praise without giving thanks. To truly give thanks, you must become a praiser. This message is the third in the series, Think Thanks. The message is entitled, When You Lose Your Praise, Part Two. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Welcome to our services this weekend here at Church of the Redeemer. So glad to have you online with us. If you're with us for the very first time, we're especially glad to have you with us. We give you our love and our greeting. Thanks for being a part. If you're a regular here, welcome back. We've had a great time of worship. In just a moment, we're going to study God's Word together. Before we do, would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have this weekend to get into your word. We thank you that your word cleanses us, it renews us, it revives us, it changes the way that we think, and Lord, it changes the way that we live. We ask that by the Holy Spirit, you'd speak to every person. May something that is said today, Lord, register in every heart for that we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, grab your Bibles, if you will, as we get ready to study God's word together. We're involved in a series of messages called Think Thanks. In fact, I would invite you to say that phrase with me again today, think thanks. It's so very important that we learn how to connect the concepts of thinking and thanking. Actually, the original word for thank actually began with the concept of thinking because you cannot thank without doing some thinking. You have to think about what you're grateful for. I want to talk this weekend, as I did last weekend, about what happens in your life when you lose your thanksgiving. What happens in your life when you lose your praise? Thanksgiving and praise are so vital to us, and they affect two dimensions of life. They affect, as I mentioned, your mind, but they also affect your mouth. What goes on in your mind is so very important, especially when it comes to the concept, the idea of giving thanks to God. In fact, the Scripture says that what you allow in your mind is what's going to actually be the track of your life. Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. That's a pretty sobering verse, isn't it? Your thoughts run your life. Not only do your thoughts run your life, but your mouth sets the course of your life as well. Proverbs 13, verse 3, guard your words and you'll guard your life, but if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. How many times have you, just like me, have found myself in a situation where I've ruined something just by not controlling what I said? I've set the course of my life in the wrong direction by either the things in my mind or the things in my mouth. That's why David prayed the prayer in Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I think that's a wonderful prayer for all of us to pray together. So much of the spiritual ailments that will happen in your life and my life are connected to your thinking and to your speaking, to your mind and to your mouth. Now, we're talking this weekend about the connection of mind and mouth when it comes to praise. And in the Scripture, there's, a, there's an instricable, connect, uh, instricable connection between thanksgiving and praise. Those two concepts always go together. Let me give you some examples of this. We looked at this last weekend, but I want to bring this back to your attention as well this weekend. First Chronicles 16, verse 4 says, He appointed some of the Levites to minister, notice this, minister before the ark of the Lord to extol Thank and praise the Lord, the God of Israel. And so as these priests were ministering to the Lord, they did so by thanking and praising. Again, they go together. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord, and notice this, and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Again, you see this connection between giving thanks and praise. They go together. Psalm 69, verse 30. 
I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Again, praise thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. I'm going to particularly verse, notice note verse number 4. You've heard this before, perhaps, but notice the connection between these two concepts. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. These concepts go together. New Testament emphasizes this as well, Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, through our relationship with Jesus Christ, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So just laying a foundation so you'll understand that when I talk about giving thanks, I'm talking about praising. When the Bible talks about praising, it's also talking about giving thanks. Giving thanks and praising God go together. And one of the things the devil wants to do in your life and my life, he wants to rob you of thanksgiving and he wants to rob you of praise. He wants to limit that in your life, if not take it away from your life altogether. Now, last weekend, we talked a little bit about uh, some things that happen when you lose your praise. We talked about being nagged by discontentment, how discontentment has uh, finds its way into your life. We talked about being tortured by envy and jealousy. We talked about being vulnerable to materialism. And I'm going to focus today on four more things that happen in your life when you lose your praise. Sometimes it's important to look at the negative so we'll understand the positive. And so we're looking at some negative things that happen in your life when you lose your praise so that you will... You you and I will have this positive inspiration and motivation to keep our thanksgiving and praise strong. So here we go. Number one, the first thing that we're talking about this weekend that happens when you lose your praise, you're set up to become something that's very unattractive. You become a complainer. When you lose your praise, you replace your thanksgiving and praise with complaining. So here's what happens. When you stop praising God, when you stop giving thanks to God, there's a void in your life. And I promise you that void will not remain there unfilled forever. You begin to fill it up with other things. And one of the things that you will fill that void up when you're not thanking and praising God, you'll fill it up with complaining. And complaining is dangerous because complaining is very toxic. It is very poisonous to you and is very poisonous to the people around you. There are many things that happen when you fall into the pattern of complaining. You, you actually reproduce more complainers. Have you noticed that when you start complaining, it's not long before other people around you are complaining as well? It is contagious. So you attract the bad into your life. You attract the wrong kind of people. When you become a complainer, all you're going to do is attract other complainers to you. And then also you drive the good people away from you. Anyone that wants to have an attitude of thanksgiving and praise doesn't want to stay around a complainer. And so these are the things that occur. The, the Israelites in the Old Testament, they had what I would call PhDs in complaining. They understood, they lived out this complaining mentality. They learned it when they were slaves in Egypt and it never quite got out of them. As they're going through their wilderness experience very early on after they've been delivered from slavery, you would think that they would be full of thanksgiving and full of praise and full of worship to God. But instead, it's not long before they've crossed over the Red Sea by this amazing miracle. And it's not long before, guess what? Yeah, you guessed it. They are complaining again. Notice Exodus 16, beginning in verse number 6. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard, notice this, your grumbling, another word for complaining, your grumbling against him. 
Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling. He has heard your complaining, we might say there against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. See, the people were already grumbling about the lack of food and what they perceived that they needed in the wilderness. And and Moses reminds them, you're not really grumbling against us, Moses and Aaron and the leadership. You're grumbling against God, and God heard your grumbling. I think it's very sobering, again, to remember that God hears what comes out of our mouth. The Bible says that he's paying attention to the words of our mouth. In fact, careless words can come back to, to trap us in many ways. And the Bible hears either our voices of thanksgiving, our voices of worship, or our voices of complaining. The Apostle Paul goes right to the heart of the matter in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Listen to what he says. A very clear command. You cannot get around this very clear instruction from God. He says, do everything. If you say that word with me, everything. Now, I checked out the word everything to see exactly what it means, and it means everything. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Now, I would say that probably the two things we fall uh, prey to more than anything else would be the complaining and the arguing. And here the Bible says, make sure you do everything in your life without complaining, do everything without arguing. The only way that we will consistently live this way to keep our lives free of complaining and free of arguing is by keeping our praise strong. You need to keep your thanksgiving and your praise strong. When you lose your praise, you're set up to become a complainer, and nothing good comes from this kind of life. Number two, when you lose your praise, you actually become less likely to be generous. There's something that happens when you and I stop thanking and praising God. We lose a spirit of generosity. I might say it this way. Ungrateful people tend to be non-generous people. And the converse is also true. Great gratitude actually grows your generosity. When you're grateful, you're focused on abundance. Think about it. When you're, when you're, gra- when you're full of gratitude and thanksgiving to God, you're thinking about all the blessings you have in your life and all that God has brought to you. And you, you're thinking of the abundance of God's goodness in your life, but when you become a complainer, when absent, when there's an absence of thanksgiving and praise, what are you doing? You're looking at what you don't have in life. Therefore, you hold on very tightly to what you feel like you have very little of. And so what happens is the lack of gratitude and thanksgiving in your life, praise in your life, what happens is it reduces your capacity or your willingness to give. An abundant mindset produces generosity, and generosity flows out of an abundant mindset based in praise and thanksgiving. And I will tell you this, very important principle to learn in your life, you will never find fulfillment in your life until you learn to give. You will never truly be happy in life until you learn to give. Acts 20, 35, you may not know the context of this verse, but I guarantee that you've heard it before. Listen to what it says. Paul's writing to the leaders of the church at Ephesus, and he says, and I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Whose words are they? The words of the Lord Jesus. And what are those words? It is more blessed to, say it with me, to give than to 
receive. Notice the attitude that produces the action. It is more blessed to give that I know that blessing comes to me when I give. That's my attitude. And so because of that attitude, there's giving that flows from me. So giving increases gratitude and gratitude increases giving. And both of these increase the blessing of God upon your life. In life, you don't want to become less generous. You want to become more generous. Anything, listen, anything that restricts your generosity is a bad thing. Anything that increases your generosity is a good thing. And when you lose your praise, when you lose your thanksgiving, you're less likely to be generous. And then number three, the third thing that we learned today is that when you lose your praise, you're you're a drag on relationships. You tend to drag relationships the wrong direction. A drag is anything that pulls down or slows down or restricts or hinders or weighs down or holds back forward progress and forward momentum. Anything that is a drag on something keeps it from going in the direction it needs to go in the, in the, in the measure of the momentum that's needed for it. You don't want to be a drag in life. You don't want to be a drag at work and you don't want to be a drag at home and you don't want to be a drag at church. You don't want to be a drag on your friends. No, anywhere in life and in any situation, you don't want to be a drag. You want to be someone that creates and assists momentum and blesses relationships instead of a drag upon it. And when you lose your praise, listen closely, when you lose your praise and your thanksgiving, you're dragged down and you tend to drag other people down as well. You're a drag on relationships. You move from the asset column to the liability column of life. If you're always complaining in your family, you're actually, you're you're not an asset to your family. You've now become a liability to your family. If you're always complaining at work, you're not really an asset at work. You're a liability at work. If you're always complaining in your friendships, you're not really an asset to a friendship. You are a liability to a friendship. And so do you see the drag? When the Apostle Paul uh, went on his first missionary journey, he went with a man by the name of Barnabas, and they needed someone to go with him someone to assist them in the journey. And so they decided to take along with them a young man by the name of John Mark. And so initially John Mark was energetic. He was enthusiastic, it seems, about the journey. And he begins this journey with Paul and Barnabas. But through the journey of preaching the gospel and and going in various places, it was not an easy journey that, 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 that John Mark was on with Paul and Barnabas. And so over a period of time, from what we see in Scripture, it seems as though John Mark lost his praise. John Mark lost his thanksgiving, and when he lost his thanksgiving, he began to be a drag on the team. Instead of helping the team, he began to hurt the team, and ultimately Acts 13, 13 says, from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylian, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. So there in that moment, because of his attitude going south, because John Mark lost his praise and lost his gratitude and did not maintain his attitude, what happened was he became a drag on the team and ultimately he was sent home from the missionary journey. When Paul was getting ready to go on his next journey, he was not willing to take John Mark with him because John Mark had not fully resolved his own attitude problems. And so instead, he took a young man with him by the name of Timothy. Yes, you know his name. His name is Timothy. And there was something about Timothy that caused him to be really an asset to Paul. It was an attitude, and Paul describes the attitude of Timothy in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 19. Listen to how Paul describes 
Timothy. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about him. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, I've put Timothy in all kinds of circumstances. I've seen Timothy in all kinds of situations. And one thing I noticed about Timothy, he doesn't lose his praise. He keeps his thanksgiving. He's an asset to the team. The good news is that John Mark does later on mature in his life, and he becomes a great asset as well, and eventually writes the the second gospel, Matthew, Mark, that's John, Mark, Luke, and John. So John Mark is eventually matured in his relationship with God, but he missed some wonderful opportunities along the way because he became a drag on relationships because he lost his praise, he lost his thanksgiving. Let's go to our final point today. What happens when you lose your praise? The fourth thing that happens when you lose your praise is you're subjected to spiritual dryness. Now think about that for a moment. When something gets dry, it becomes brittle and hard and easily broken, breakable. And when you and I lose our praise, we're, 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 we're becoming subject to, subjected to this process of drying out spiritually. Now, when I use the phrase subjected to, let me see if I can explain that a bit for you uh, for a moment. If I, if I go out to the, into the sun on a regular basis and don't apply sunscreen, I'm subject to skin cancer. I may or may not get it, but I'm subject to it. It's, highly, it's a highly risky thing to do because obviously the sun's rays and exposure over a period of time. If I don't take care of myself, I'm subjecting myself to something that can be very detrimental to my life. And so when you subject yourself to something, you put yourself in a position where something is very likely to happen in your life. When you and I lose our praise, we're subjecting ourselves to something that's very likely to happen to us. And that very likely thing is that we begin to dry up spiritually on the inside. And when you dry spiritually, listen closely, when you dry up on the inside spiritually, what happens is you become barren in your spiritual journey. See, where there's famine, where there's dryness in your spiritual life, there will also be barrenness in your spiritual life. You will not be producing fruit. One of the very things that God wants us to do in life is to be fruit producers. In fact, the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit is controlling us, there's fruit that will come from our lives. And so when you and I dry up, when we lose our praise and lose our thanksgiving, we dry up and we miss the fruit. We fail to produce the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of of the works of God uh, being accomplished in and through our lives. I'm gonna take you back to a moment, in this moment, to what we talked about a moment ago. The children of Israel on the way to the promised land. And one of the things that happened is the children of Israel were on the way to the promised land. As we've already mentioned, they became grumblers. They were always complaining. They were always grumbling about something. Didn't have enough food, didn't have the right kind of food, didn't have enough water, didn't have the right leadership. All these things, they were always finding something to complain about on their journey. And what happened is this, so sobering, so much of an important reminder for us because the children of Israel grumble their way through the wilderness. An entire generation of men and women missed the promised land because they never kept their praise going. They never kept their relationship with God fresh. They lost their praise and they became spiritually dry. Numbers 14 describes what happens in beginning in verse 26. 
after the spies had gone in to check out the land, there were 12 spies that Moses sent in to check the promised land. And, and they came back, 10 of them came back and gave a very, very negative report. Oh, we can't do this. It's a great land, but there's too many giants here and but this and but that and but the other thing. And so they were always finding all the reasons why it couldn't be done. And so they had this negative attitude, this complaining spirit about them, this grumbling approach to life. And the Bible says, then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long must I put up with this wicked community? Notice he used wicked there, wicked community, and it's what it, notice what it says, and it's complaints about me. Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. God says, I heard this. Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I, I heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die you will not enter and occupy the land I swore to, you, to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Well, I tell you, it's so amazing to think about this. We often think of all the different lists of sins and things that we can do wrong against God, and we sometimes don't even include the concepts of complaining, grumbling, losing our praise. But what was it that cost, the promise, cost these folks the promised land? The very thing that God says, what you kept complaining against me, and because of that, you're going to die in the wilderness. You're going to now experience spiritual dryness and lose your fruitfulness and actually lose your future. They died because they were complaining. Dear one, can I encourage you today as I'm encouraging myself as well? Thanksgiving and praise are so important to our lives, to be people of gratitude and people of praise and people of worship. And it's extremely important to remember that, that the devil wants to do everything he can to steal your praise and to steal your thanksgiving. Don't lose your praise because when you lose your praise, you will become a complainer. When you lose your praise, you'll cease being generous and the pathway to blessing is generosity. And so you don't want to lose generosity. When you lose your praise, you lose your generosity. When you lose your praise, you become a drag on relationships. And when you lose your praise, you become subjected to dryness. May God help all of us, all of us together to make the choice that we're going to be people who continually offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of praise to God. Would you join me together as we pray? Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had this weekend to focus attention upon your word. We're grateful for the word of God and how it digs deeply into our lives. It helps us to think the right way. It helps us to address things that we need to address. And we come this, this day asking you to help us, Lord, to, to make sure that we're filling our lives with gratitude. We have so much to give thanks for, so much to be appreciative of, Lord. Forgive us of our complaining. Forgive us of our grumbling. Forgive us of the times that we let that void happen in our lives. We, we fail to be the people that you want us to be. So, God, I pray you'll put us on that journey with you to becoming more intensely people of thanksgiving and people of praise. For that, we thank you in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stay with me just for a moment as we're wrapping up today's time together because there's some of you that are watching today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never started a personal relationship with him. And God allowed you to tune in to this time together today for this very one moment, the moment that you can make the choice to give your life to Jesus. I want to remind you today that God loves you. God is for you. He's not against you. He wants to bring you into your best life. But for you to have your best life, you have to have, you need a relationship with Him. And there's only one way 
Listen, there's only one way to have a relationship with God, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 4, 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to God the Father except by me. And today, this is the way to God, to come to relationship with Jesus, to open your life and to put your faith in Him and believe that He died on the cross to save your, you from your sins and forgive you so you could be washed and clean of all of your sins, to put your name in the book of life so that you could have that name there for eternity and know that when you die, you know where you're going. But it starts with a relationship with Jesus. And you might say, well, Pastor, how do I do that? I want Christ in my life. How, how do I do that? It starts with prayer. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. If you've never invited Jesus in your life, if you're not sure you've ever done that, this is your day today. Would you pray with me these words? Just speak them out. You might want to whisper them. Maybe you want to speak them out loud, whatever you're comfortable doing. The key is not how you do it. It's being sincere in your heart when you do it and making sure you're being real with God. So would you pray with me? Just start by praying and speaking the name Jesus right where you are. He wants to hear you speak his name. Just speak his name, Jesus. I know that I am a sinner, and I am so sorry for everything I've done wrong. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you're the Savior of the world. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you're alive. Jesus, I believe in you. Now pray this simple prayer with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Right now I invite you in. Forgive me for all of my sins. I turn my life over to you. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you so much for each person that just prayed that prayer. Thank you for hearing them. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus to help them to grow in you and follow you and serve you and live for you every day of their life into eternity. Lord, bless their lives as they pursue and go after you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. And you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. 
And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.